Welcome to the Born and Raised Audio Experience. Presented by Onyx. Welcome back, guys, to the Audio Experience. Brought to you by Onyx Hunt. Um, today, we have the two pack, pack guys with us today. <laughs> with three, I mean, I've got a lot of experience, but. We, we were joking last night when we were filming the what's in your bag, what's in your pack, and Trent's like, yeah, we're gonna do with one, and Trent is like, what's on the outside of Trent's pack? <laughs> <laughs> what, what's on Trent's pack? Hey. Not what's in. If it's ready, readily accessible, it's a lot easier to get to. Yeah. And you find yourself using it more. Oh, I see. That blue Strategy. sleeping pad from Walmart. You can see it. <laughs> you can see it from long distance. No, we got Steve Speck today with us, and um, we're gonna go over a bunch of questions, actually. We took a little Q&A last night, right? Yeah, on the old IG. Just IG. To, we're gonna do some rapid fire stuff. I think uh, there's there's a bunch of questions. So if we don't get to your question, sorry, but uh, appreciate you guys for, for chiming in here. I think there's some some really good stuff that we can pass on. Um, first and foremost, from Steve Baker, SB Oregon asked, "What's the best way to load weight in a K4 for training?" Love you, Steve. Um, man, there's lots of different options. I I've defaulted to using. I, I bought these weighted blankets that we have for like. Uh, when we go to trade shows and people put on packs, it's like on jump on Amazon like 40 bucks for a 30 pound weighted blanket. And I fill the pack with that. And then I just take dumbbells out of my garage. And then per, you know, if I want to hike with 30 pounds or 80 pounds, I could just kind of stack dumbbells in there. Okay. Forever, I just used a sandbag and it was 54 pounds. And it was like, just use the same weight on repeat all the time. And you know, kind of grab a different bag here and there. But this was, the strategy with the dumbbells has been great. Um, you so, don't want to just throw the dumbbells in the, pack right because they're gonna, like inside the bag just slide down the bottom and bang around yeah uh but um yeah that trick with a you know, or you could use like um you know you got an old school coleman sleeping bag that's just like it's gonna fill up a lot of that volume and then just put the put dumbbells in there i do the puffy pants yeah. wrap them in puffy pants or puffy jacket or something. Yeah. that's what i've been doing yeah. and, um and then you know traditionally we have our crib accessory and if you just put the crib on the frame with the sandbag you're ready to roll and then yeah. with uh with the K4, the addition of the Nalgene holder, it's super nice because it's just, I've got water, I've got, I don't have to have a bag to be able to carry water with me anymore. Just oh, put, just fill the Nalgene up, put it in there, and I can just have a crib and a sandbag. Gotcha. That works really well. Yeah, my buddy but, Ben did uh, like dog food, 40 pound bag, yeah, dog food. Yeah, 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 those work good. Yeah. The biggest thing I, I've, I've noticed though is to like get the sides really tight, like really make it compact. Cause what I, as far as from shifting around and everything mm -hmm. and, and just, and it was easy to do. Yeah, yeah, suck it down tight. 30 pound weighted blanket, I like it. Yeah. Um, What's your favorite brand and type of sleeping bag? This is from uh, Carlos oh, William. Uh, Catabatic Gear Quilts, which you should try one of these Did years. you say Coleman? Did you say <laughs> Coleman? Is that what you said? Uh, Catabatic, they're a company out of Colorado. Uh, their quilts are just fantastic. I've used Enlightened Equipment. I've used Hammock Gear. The Catabatic, they're just the fit and finish, how they're designed. They work really well. You talked about, I think you used one and you didn't like the drafts. Yeah, um, I wasn't a fan. Yeah, so the Catabatic has an elastic band sewn all the way around it. So gotcha. it's always like just stretching and moving with you and not like rolling it as you roll. They're incredibly warm, lightweight, and I, I'm a huge quilt fan. I know you hate like well, getting I, twisted up in a mummy bag, right? Twisted you up, I hate the mummy bags, about, yes. Yeah. But the other thing that I did not like 
hate's a strong word, <laughs> is my body just right against the pad. Oh. Like yeah. I like something in between there. Yeah, I can see that. You yeah. know what I mean? It just felt weird. Yeah. yeah. And what pad are you running with that? I just got a new Thermarest Neo Air. It's called the NXT. It's brand new. They just came out with them. So for us, for, forever I ran Neo Air. Uh, just because of its weights, and they've—I've had really good luck with them from a durability standpoint. Mm-hmm. You know, you're don't be Trent, um, and that you just in like, some facets. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> not all the way. Oh, I'm just, like, all I think you're kind of hard on gear. Dang, uh, hard on gear. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, it's called gear. Uh, you know, just when it's like if I'm going to sleep in this section, I just kind of like kick around, like make sure I use my foot, and yeah. like a rake, and clean out the crap, and then just put my pad down, and you're good to go. But uh-huh. if you just throw it down on sharp rocks, yeah, you're asking for trouble. Yeah. But the new this new NXT is uh, it's like three inches thick, so it's just a little half inch thicker, and oh. should be kind of plush and nice. Interesting. And you run Cody the Enlightened Equipment. Yeah. So quilt. I run Enlightened Equipment quilt, uh, mm. twenty degree Enigma, and then I run a Sea to Summit. I think it's their Comfort Plus, it's a red, red one. Yeah, the red one. Yeah, and it's it's yeah. it's a dual chamber. So the cool thing is, like the base base of it, uh, you know, I can inflate hard, and then the top layer is a different layer, and I can do softer. And so it's yeah. really comfortable, really warm. It is heavy, yeah, like it's big a and heavy, but eight ounce pad. Yeah, but it's it, it's one of those like comfortable. When I'm back there, I want to sleep good. I want to be comfortable. I don't want to pop the pad. Or if I did, I still have two chambers, yeah. right? Yep. So, yeah, it's been good. Um, Kill bottle, Trevor Hartley, 13. What's your choice of kill bottle? I'll take pack? this one, Steve. <laughs> <laughs> Go ahead. Uh, we, uh, my buddy Tyler Boschman, he's been packing that Bighorn whiskey. Um, oh, okay. It's been, a, it's been a tradition, because we've killed, he's always taking it with him, and then we've been, we've killed four sheep in the last three years. Between the two of us. Impressive. Two Bighorns and two Dolls. Uh, immediately afterwards, we have a shot. Yeah. 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 The one on my Frank Church Ram, we we're just dehydrated and beat up, dude. And like, just, you know, one shot and like you're just cutting it up like, like this. Dude, I need to like drink some water here and yeah. <laughs> take a break. Uh, but yeah, I always have a little, little celebration bottle in there for sure. Yeah. Um, how many, this is brought to you by Blue Collar Boy Outdoors. How many knives should you carry or do you just use one for everything? Hmm. Uh, I just use one, you know, I I think there's a, I, whenever I got a hunting partner there, like probably, you know, so you want you guys like, hey, I need a knife for a second. Cause you always got one like in your bino harness or something. Yeah. I'm such a weight weenie that I just have one knife in the pack. But it is nice when I, you've got like a clip, in, you know, something I, to cut open your mountain house meat. I was shocked last night doing the gear dump that you don't have like the work sharp pocket knife sharpener. Like just a, I, literally. A, do you, I think I missed that in the video. Okay, I do have it. Yeah. gotcha. Yeah, because yeah, I was like, man, you have a knife, but no. Yeah, and, and no, that's, I think that's sharpener. the thing is like um, when you're breaking down an animal early and often, just hit it with a stone. Like a couple yeah. passes, keep it sharp. It's easier to keep a sharp knife sharp versus trying to sharpen it back with a yeah. dull knife. I did the. Uh, Work sharp, they're, I don't know, what are the precision sharpener? Yeah, yeah that thing is legit. It's legit. Yeah. yeah. Like Mark, uh, he showed me, he came out on a bear hunt and he showed me how to use it. And is it the like, one with the arm you made? Yeah, 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 it's just, rad, yeah, 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 so it's, easy. It's like five minutes and I can take a so knife. Easy. It's unbelievable. Yeah. yeah. So I just, I do make sure before I leave the door that the knife is super, super sharp. Yeah. I'm not at the trailhead messing yeah. around with it. And, uh, and usually, if I work slow and not just hammer that knife into bone, you can get yeah. through the whole animal yeah. and yeah. still be sharp. 
Uh, Luke Gillen asks, I'm curious about which portable chargers, chargers you guys use. Ooh, Knights Core? Yeah, Knight Core. Yeah, because that yeah. thing looked light they, for how yeah, it's, they, it's one of those, they, the lightest 10,000 milliamp battery pack on the market, and it, it actually is. Like, uh, it's maybe right at five ounces or something. It's a tiny little 10,000 milliamp thing and works great, but I, that I've had other- How long of a hunt, probably? Well, 10,000, uh, cell phone battery is gonna be like three to 3,500 milliamps. Gotcha. So 10,000 is gonna charge that three and a half times. Um, I've rarely, I don't know if I've ever, yeah, even on a 10 day hunt, it's like the phone's gonna last five days, the in-reach is gonna last five, like you, sh yeah. 10,000 yeah. should be plenty if you just got an in-reach in a phone. If you throwing, you know, some headlamps now, rechargeable, things like that, then you might wanna look at more capacity, mm -hmm. yeah. Um, j Lawn and Landscape, um, how do y'all fit a multi-day trip into a Bro 4800, especially when you need extra cold weather gear? Mm -hmm. He's yeah. Put it on the outside. Yeah. Put you it on the build outside. that thing up. You can honestly do So it. this is this is one that I definitely like on when early on like Colorado, 2014, 2015 days, EXO, like new like well, I think it was thirteen actually, the first year we ran the prototype. Mm -hmm. Um we that was a pretty small bag. And what we ended up doing is using basically the meat load area for a food bag. Mm -hmm. Like in that case back way back when. But yeah, I think the I think the thing is on this guy is probably check your gear list. Yes. Yeah. I mean, if and we just did a video, um, if, if you guys missed it on Elk Week, that uh, kind of highlights like Steve's uh, very, it's multifaceted, but very ultra light in the same sense and yeah. very simple. So, yeah, there's, um, I did last year before my sheep hunt in Alaska, I did a, a video, it's on our EXO <clears throat> YouTube channel, just 10 day cheap gear list. Watch that because I go through, I fit. 10 days of gear and not just, you know, that's Alaska gear, so rain gear, you got everything you need. I did that inside of our 3200 bag on a K3. Wow. Um, and just watch it, because there's little tips and tricks to, to save space. I would like the taking the um, taking your backpacking meals and put them in a Ziploc bag, saves mm -hmm. a ton of space. Uh, just little tips like that. And what was the weight on that for 10 days in Alaska? I have to go back. Don't 38 remember. Thirty-eight pounds. Thirty-eight. Wow. Something like that. Food just adds up. You know, you yeah, have fifteen yeah. pounds of food. That's a lot. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. Then tripod. I mean, that you know, that's that's everything. Tripod, spotting scope, rain gear. Wow. Full on. I had a full Hilleberg and hand two in that weight. Um, yeah. That's that impressive. was it was with the spotting scope and everything. That's fully self-supported too. Like because Tyler was with me, but for that video, I did it as if I was going solo. Gotcha. Yeah. Where obviously we split up gear once we're actually hunting. So talking about weight, Nate from the Life Outdoors, what are your average pack weights for four days? Yeah, what time are we talking about? So assume elk. Yeah, I'd yeah. say a September elk hunt. Yeah, so I mean, we just did the video last night the elk for elk week, what was it, 18 pounds with one day of food in there with everything I need for an elk hunt. And so food's a pound and a half a day. Yeah. So add, you know, your low, <laughs> low 20s. <laughs> But I, I mean, a challenge, like I, you, know, you watch the video, like, oh, tell me what I'm missing. It's not like I'm I'm warm, I'm comfortable, I can- I'll lend it to you. Uh, <laughs> like when it rains, the... don't worry, I'll be there yeah. for you. I'll be there this for you. This happened once. I'm gonna always <laughs> have that. <laughs> I'm yeah. gonna always have that. Hey, what do you need today, Steven? <laughs> I needed a ground cloth uh, once. Thanks, Nate. After, I believe I 
packed out an elk solo so you guys could keep hunting. That, and, <laughs> and I packed back in with beer and for burgers, you guys. Right? Did, you, did you bring Your burgers? word's not mine. Okay. What's that? You brought burgers in too. No, oh, no, just no, beer. Did you? No, I don't remember bringing bring anyway, hamburgers. I but I did pack it. I know why I packed in beer. You did. And I was yeah. like, hey, can you I have did. your uh, ground sheet? Because I'm pitching the tent in this pouring rain on yeah. wet, wet grass. Well, what I've known is <laughs> clear out the ground a little bit, man. Like, yeah. use your foot. Yeah. You know, use your foot a little bit. Um, Sean Roll from down there in Chico. Sean, hope you're doing good. Um, big best quilt or sleeping bag for a big guy that won't break the bank. So a guy conscious in the budget. Mm, like. Go so best one I'm aware of. Hammock Gear has their economy, economy burrow. It's called. So I think their their standard ones made in the U.S. Um, their economy ones probably like finished in the U.S. but sewn overseas, something like that. Gotcha. Uh, they're pretty affordable. Under two hundred bucks. And for a big guy, just look at the size and get a, a, a tall, extra wide. You know, all those quilt companies have lots of sizes. And you're going to get a little more weight, obviously, with the the, the less money, right? Yeah, yeah. I, mean, I, think, they're, I think they weigh a little is. bit more, but not much. Not bad. Yeah, yeah. not much. Yeah. Sweet. Um, and we kind of talked DH Nelson here, 22, three-day pack weight. So you're in that 23, yeah, low 20s. Yeah, 12 times. Yeah. And again, yeah. that... Very you know, all of a sudden it's a mule deer hunt, then you know, I've got two pound tripod, three spawn pound spawn go. scope, like uh, you know, some some types of you know, mule deer, sheep, bear hunts, I'll, I'll throw fifteen fifteens in there and that's gonna add, you know, yeah. another thirty eight ounces. So that uh, that adds up quick once you start piling on optics. Yeah. Um, Jesse Ramirez seven asks, if you're rifle hunting in grizzly country, do you also carry a sidearm or just spray or both? Gotta have peace. Well, we talked about this hunting grizzly country in the Alaska versus lower 48. Like yeah. if you're yeah. in Montana or Wyoming ecosystem. I'd be packing a pistol all day long. Yeah. And bear spray probably. Yeah, SIG yeah. X10. Like yeah. <laughs> it's strapped yeah. and yeah. Yeah. rolling. That's a debate. I don't, whether you pack a nine or a 10 from, I, like I'm not a pistol guy, but I, like what I've talking to guys, it's like, if, well, if you're not a pistol guy, and you don't know how to handle that 10, that 10 you might only get two or three shots off. With a nine, you're gonna get like your dump the full magazine possibly. Uh, I don't know, man. I, it's pretty I, Like the X10, yeah, honestly, yeah, it's, pretty, it's, pretty. It, it's got some weight behind it. So that that is like a factor. I do know mm. when you got a full mag, yeah, and that you know it's, 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 yeah, it's got yeah. some weight. Um, yeah. I just got a little 365 that I take with me. Okay. That's and what I run. That's what yeah. we run. And too. then just run the yeah. Buffalo board. Yeah. Yeah. Hope. Hope, hope <laughs> it doesn't happen. Yeah. I, I know that I remember looking into it, like if you're with grizzly bear attacks, if you're with, if you go from one guy to two guys, you reduce your chance of attack by like 90%. And if you go to, if you got a third guy, you reduce it by like a hundred percent. Really? It's almost, so just bring if your yeah. If, if you're in bear country and you're with three guys, your chance of attack almost goes to zero. Really? Um, you're solo, up, you know, it's obviously your chances it's limited regardless, but, uh, and then two guys helps. But so when we've been in that type of country up in like Kodiak and whatnot, it's like, okay, let's have a minimum of two guys all the time. And, right. Um, three, if three more the merrier. Hmm. Um, I know your answer on this one, but Wyatt Joe asked, Tets, tents or hammock, what's better, what's warmer, what's easier to pack in? Hmm. Uh, hammocks are tough. I used to, I tried early on backpacking days, I tried a hammock and you, it's, you can do it, but the Bennett, like, there's not weight savings there because you got to pack an under quilt to keep the uh, insulation underneath insulation. you. I, I, I went on the elk with my buddy, and it probably got to like, so I pitched it to where my feet were above my head. 
and then woke up in the morning and my feet, like basically from my knees down, I could not feel them because they just got no blood flow and they got so cold that uh, I'll never like, I remember it took like an hour of hiking before things kind of, the feeling came back to yeah. it. So a hammock, there's a lot of potential there, but you gotta be, you know, it's like you got the hammock, you have to have an under quilt, and then you gotta have your top quilt. Plus finding uh, trees and I mean, yeah, plus, like, yeah, depending like yeah. if you're above tree line yeah. type. Um, tents, you know, there's just a million options out there. There's pros and cons to all of them. My default is a bivy sack and a tarp, uh, just because Idaho, you know, even in October, we pretty much get good weather. Decent. Yeah, um, and uh, I can just sleep wherever, man. It's just, oh, it's a starry night. Um, we're, you know, every morning I'm packing up camp, so I'm light, fast, mobile, and just go to bed where it's dark. And then the uh, the benefit of that bivy sack is it adds like 10 degrees to your quilt because you're basically you know, wrapping yourself in a trash bag and retaining that heat. Gotcha. It does help with drafts on a quilt because there's fabric gotcha. right there on the sides. Yeah. And then I and then if it's cloudy when I go to bed, I pitch the tarp. Yeah. Uh, I don't take a bivy sack and tarp when I go to Alaska. Right? Potential for 50 mile an hour winds and heavy mm -hmm. rains. So then we're the last couple of trips up there we defaulted to we take a we take the shell of the Hilleberg and hand and then take our baby sacks and lay inside of that and did that last year. It worked fantastic. That was a tent we had that is our base camp last year. No. The one I had last year? Yeah. Oh, that was the Outdoor Vitals fortieth tent. Oh uh, yeah. The Those, big tent? Oh no no no. Yeah. No, yeah, big Hilleberg, yeah. 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 Those no, legit. that was a um that was a yeah big Hilbert group tent, oh, okay, not yeah, something I got you. Not a backpacking like yeah yeah yeah. Yeah. Okay. yeah just the Ann hands like a two person tunnel tent yeah yeah yeah. Um, and they're they're non freestanding tents, but so you do need the Ann hand requires four good stakes, two on each end. But it seems like I don't know people get too hung up on that. In my opinion, we had a couple you know we were just sleeping in rocks all the time, and it's not a big deal to. You get a stake in the ground and you just find it, go find a big 12 inch boulder and drop it right on that stake and you're good to go. Tie the guy lines out to rocks. And always find a way to make it work. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Beal Doyle Dutton asks, fire starter, do you carry one? What kind, flint and steel? Uh, cotton balls covered in Vaseline is what I'd pack. That's what you, uh, just a little vial of them? Yeah, I put them in a little Ziploc bag. I got yeah, maybe last night he 50. pulled it out. He's like, uh, I think I've had these in my pack no less than 10 years. Yeah. <laughs> he hasn't touched them. Don't yeah. use them very often. Not very often. I mean, I, well, I guess I save them for when I really need it. Yeah. And it's, we make fire. I don't know. I probably, I don't think I've had a fire out in the woods for a couple of years. And then for quite a few years, it was like every night. Yeah, it just yeah. depends on the setting. And yeah. if I'm solo, I rarely pack it. I just pitch my tent and crawl inside. Yeah. Um, Good one, Tyler Sailors asks, what do you recommend for using bear proof for your food? Is that even, I don't know if that's a real, that's a real question, I, I guess. Yeah. A rope? Uh, no, like, <laughs> uh, so I mean, in the essence of it, I've only ever hung food once, mm -hmm. and that was with Ty in Montana. Well, there's certain, like Wyoming you're required to, you know, so I would say look at those regulations and see because when I was there years and years ago, there was a warden that actually came in on a horse. We were like eight miles in and he was checking if the food was, he had a measuring stick to see how high our food was on. Yeah. Hmm. It was a real thing. Real. Yeah. Yeah. I've never been in that situation. I've never right. worried Do about hang, it. Have you ever hung your food? Mm -mm. Never. Mm. No, that uh, was... Yeah. In 2017, we had with Corey, Dirk, and Donnie. Yeah. It was like the first night, Trent and I like take our food into the tent. We're going to have breakfast in the morning. And 
Corey looks at us and is like, what are you doing? What are you guys doing? There's bear containers out there. And like, did you see the claw marks in the, because we were camped in a campground. Uh-huh. He's like, did you see the claw marks in the bathroom? That was from the inside. Like a grizzly had just <laughs> God, shredded Shut the door. The door. <laughs> and we're like, yeah. <laughs> We've done podcasts with some guys that like guides up in Alaska and they prefer to bring everything in the tent. Cause if you leave your food out there on the ground, that bear's gonna be sneaky and come in and grab it. Yeah, um, I know it's, Seems risky, but it's like, I'd rather, they're not gonna come in the tent. Like you really gotta talk to them. Casey about yeah. this caribou hunt that I've got coming up. He said, do not stage your your meat away from the tent. Yep, hang yep. right on the tent. Right on the tent. And he yep. says, they won't screw it. Yeah. That's what the outfitter yep. says. Interesting. I don't know. Get, yeah, they, you want your scent around that stuff. Yeah. It seems you know, scary, but I think that's what it is. Um, yeah. Just kind of a, a strategy question from Caleb Menzella. Do you ever drop your pack to make a stock? Or do you keep it on and why? Every time I drop it, I regret the crap out of it. Um, <laughs> yeah. Right? Because you never, like you're like, oh, I'm, yeah. I'm closing the hundred last hundred yards. And then all of a sudden you're 800 yards away from your pack. Down the I mountain. Can't, you down the, yeah. There's one time we were chasing mule deer in Idaho, bow, and dropped the pack because the deer were right there. And then they just, you know, we ended up like at the bottom of the mountain in our socks with our packs and shoes. 2,000 feet above us and it's like dark no headlight. I mean it was just stupid so I I really try to keep it with me uh, and take you know maybe it's yeah on a rifle hunt you're like you know you're crawling that last 10 feet over a rock to shoot okay I'll set it down but I just try to keep it with me and you know that goes back to I try to have a light small compact pack so I don't have this it doesn't feel you know, like you need to do yeah that. it doesn't yeah. feel like it's this big restrictive thing on my back um, Justin Lance one asks best inflatable pillow. Oh, uh, I use Cedar Summits. They're Eros, I think it's called. Yeah, like the one that you yeah. had is it like down? The down, yeah, yeah. A down cover. I've got that one and then a green one that yeah. just depending on which one I'm grabbing out of the tote I take, they're both the same. Um, I haven't played a lot with different pillows. I just had those for it's one of those items I've had for ten years and hasn't changed. I know there's options out there. Just bring a pillow. That's what I got. <laughs> it's pretty simple. It's the called uh, my pillow. <laughs> the cheetah leopard, the leopard, leopard print. skin print. Yeah, it's pretty rad. Yeah, that was how Trevor swing by Walmart on the way. <laughs> no, dude, full pillow, and it'll stuff pretty good. Yeah, oh, I'm sure. <laughs> sure it will. Um, Lee Cat Seven asks, "What type of rain gear do you use?" Um, I, right now I've got the First Light Omen stuff. And then Canis gear. I don't know the name of the rain gear, but they just have a standard set of rain gear. That's yeah, it's look, nice. I mean, yeah. for a lightweight rain yeah, gear, that stuff looks really yeah, good. It's, it's really good. I had it up in Alaska last year. I was very impressed with it. Um, I think that Omen stuff for like its torrential downpour is it's is, pretty thick. It's thick, yeah, and yeah. the problem is it's just heavy. So it's like on a backpacking hunt where you're weight conscious. Yeah, there's some serious pros and cons there. That Canis stuff it was a good compromise of. You know, the jacket and pants are both under a pound. One's like 14 ounces, one's 15 ounces, I think. So pretty light and durable. Yeah, Yeah, interesting. Uh, Matthew Goders asks, walk me through what your daily food drink intake looks like on a backpack hunt. With a ribeye. With a ribeye uh, (laughs) emoji. You know, I I don't do a lot. There's, I just go to freaking Costco and stock up on crap, man. Belveda bars, trail mix. Costco has these cinnamon covered, sugar cinnamon covered apples that are freaking delicious. Uh, not great on the calorie per ounce count, but just something eatable. Um, 
so yeah, I wake up, I make coffee, I have co- coffee and cocoa typically, and then some kind of breakfast sandwichy, you know, bar thing like that, and then and then it's just snacks throughout the day. Uh, top ramen, ramen for lunch. You do ramen a lot. Yeah, I do ramen a lot. That's actually really high calorie per ounce. Um, and then focus on. I try to avoid the really heavy like pro bar. You know, you typically dense, go to REI yeah. and they have the food section. It's all this really dense processed stuff. I just just find that hard to eat. Um, and then yeah, backpacking meals. Um, there's lots of good options out there for dinner. I I found myself. Been on the hunt. I like to eat dinner early, like you know, if I'm sitting like five o'clock when it's mm. still hunting light. Sometimes I'm, it's like by the time, especially September, you know, it's not dark till like ten. So by the time you get camp set up and you're eating, it's so late at night that I'm just ready to go to bed. So I like I'll eat that earlier. Sometimes I'll mix my top ramen with my um, dehydrated meal, which would be pretty got? delicious. Like a chili. Tyler, my buddy Tyler's wife always makes homemade dehydrated chili and then mix that with the ramen. Freaking delicious. I like yeah. instant mashed uh, potatoes. But as a general rule, I, you know, build it. I have like 32 to 3,300 3, calories per day. We talked about this in the video last night. I'll just, you know, if it's a 10-day hunt, I'll just build one day. And then I just simply grab and match that, throw that in a Ziploc bag and repeat that 10 times. And Are you the dude that yeah. can eat the same thing? I can. Yeah, I can. I have no problem with it. Yeah. Um, and that, that's what I do. And then just, you know, I took... My early backpacking days, you just kind of super random, just throw everything in the pack and you're not sure what you're eating and, you know, how, how much did I eat today? Did I eat more than yesterday? So now I, <laughs> now it's, it's organized so that I don't, organized. I don't overeat, um, but also more importantly, I don't undereat because certain, certain days you can be just out there yeah. hunting and like, and it's like, oh, I don't think I ate since 10 a.m. and it's six, you know, and yeah. it's like, you may not feel that, that that day, but the day after that and the yeah. day after that. So I do, I make sure that I eat my whole bag of food. Got your you whole know? bag. Yeah. This, this goes in next, like right along lines. Uh, McKay Callum's kind of murdered that name. Um, what's your favorite snack to pack? Gummy bears. Yeah. yeah. Uh, now, now here's Super the question. Fuel. <laughs> Albanese or Har- Harborio? Or uh, Black Forest. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> oh going rogue on us. <laughs> I'm an Albanese guy. Yeah. Soft. I like the Albanese. Uh, but the flavors, like, because you grab a handful, the flavors don't mix well for me. Oh, okay. Because yeah. they're Very, stronger. Yeah. 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 Fruit yeah. snacks. It's like you almost got to, like, make sure you grab two red ones. Yeah. Fruit, fruit snacks. What was the color of fruit snack that we were like? Purple. purple. You, you could bet on how many purples were in the package. Yeah. It's just a little more fun, right? Mm-hmm. It's like the gummy bears, I just, you know. <laughs> yeah. And if you guessed it right, then you had to give them up. Sometimes, yeah. yeah. You could you could play games with them. Um, One, uh, Big Sur bars. Big Sur. They're out of California. They make like a 600 calorie. It's like pecan pie. It's freaking delicious. You know, pecan pie fan. Anyways, huge one. They have some. If you're looking for like a high calorie bar, they're freaking. I could eat those all day long. Really? Yeah. Really, really good. Um. I almost called it Beyonce, but it's B. She follows us. BY ounce 85 going on a first elk hunting trip in September. What do I need or don't need to pack? <laughs> um, watch the video for one, a bag down. Watch the video one. Go, we said we'd put my gear list in there. Yeah. Just print that out. Make sure basically every item that's on that list is in your pack. No more, no less. And go hunt. Yeah. 
I, you're like that you're, I, I guarantee you're covered. You've got everything you need because it's my list that I've been using for you know 15 years, and you're good. I think the one to add to that, when you talk about it, don't pack your fears. Yeah. Especially yeah. on your first time. Yeah. It's like you're going to pack 15 pounds of extra stuff. But there's just a, uh, I think the process is a lot easier now that, you know, because of all the information out there, because of podcasts like this. But there is a learning curve to figuring out what you want out there. Everyone, backpacking is tough. You know that you want a full pillow and you're willing to pack a two pound pillow. Whoa, 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 dude, they're yeah. light. It's <laughs> light. Put it on a scale, it's, it's two pounds. It's a, <laughs> I know it is. It's uh, Walmart, it was like <laughs> buck 88. But that's what, like, we did, um, uh, we did a podcast series last year and it was Jeff Bloomquist. We just interviewed people on uh, just kind of different strategies and things like that. And he, he had a really good point of like, pack what makes you comfortable. Yeah. If you're comfortable, you're gonna stay out there. And that's what makes me comfortable is a lightweight pack that's not burdensome on my back all day long and I can move through the country. Yeah. Um, for other guys, it's packing the kitchen sink. And But you need to be, it's, it's uncomfortable out there. So you need to find ways to mitigate that so that you can stay out there longer. Because yeah. more important than anything is being out there. Yeah. Like you're, right. you're never gonna kill an elk sitting at home or back of the truck. Yeah. Maybe at the truck if you hit no, it. But, Camo Crusader asks, tips for backcountry sheep hunting. Just sit in glass. I think this is a mm. great question for you, Steve. And I don't think uh, a lot of people know of like, you've been able to draw some pretty phenomenal tags in Idaho and you drew, you killed a sheep 20... 2020? 2021? Yeah, 23 mile pack out. What, uh, yeah, it'll be in 21 miles. Yeah. 21. So I drew a Frank Church sheep tag and um, was, uh, yeah, just getting after it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I, uh, they make helicopters. Yeah, you know. um, yeah. <laughs> no, we is. flew. We the first trip I hiked in, but I was a solo and hiked in. It was like twenty three miles, and got. I was basically ended up like half a mile from where I killed my sheep. But then the next trip, um, my buddy Tyler came with me, and I met him up in Chalice, Idaho. So then we flew in, and then yeah, we ended up flew in. They dropped you cl way closer, and then you had to hike out. No, no, we f it wasn't any closer. Uh, where I was hunting was basically in between the strip and where I could park. Oh, gotcha. so we I think on the way in, yeah, we were 23, 24 miles to get there. And then on the way out, we used a different trail system out to a, a different runway where they picked us up and 21 miles of just hell <laughs> of hell. Uh, but we were, you know, Cody and I were sipping whiskey last night and talking about like the memorable, I will remember that hunt for the rest of my life. Every moment of that thing is stuck in my mind where sometimes the easy ones you know they're fun but they just kind of like oh yeah i forgot about that you yeah. know so i i purposely every year seek out like i'm gonna be like this is gonna be a hard hunt yeah. like i'm like i'm gonna hike 10 miles past animals just because i want to go way the hell back in there and kill something and deal with that challenge um because those are the ones i remember the most so on that and that going back to that question how did oh, you yeah. um Sheep hunt, yeah. I don't yeah. know, is, uh, is he talking Rocky Mountain or, or doll? Um, dolls are surprisingly easy to hunt, in my opinion. They're white animals on gray rocks, and it's rugged country that you gotta navigate through, but it's, you sit down and you're glassing a basin, and within 30 minutes, I mean, yeah. they do kind of just appear mm -hmm. out of the rock sometimes, but usually they're in groups, you know, two or three, like you're gonna find one. Mm -hmm. They're, it's, it's, 
um, the actual hunting of adult sheep is pretty dang easy. They're white. Um, you just got to be comfortable and in shape moving through that country and get Judge. a position. Bighorn, poof, yeah, that's a whole, you know, depending on where you're at, that's like the Frank Churches. That's a plant your ass down and glass until your eyes bleed. And really? Yeah. As far as you can see? Yeah, as far as you can see. Big glass, you know, 15s. We had a, you know, 77 millimeter spine scope, the Koa one. Just, yeah, that's, that's you know, minimum. Like on when I on that hunt, you know, glassing at first light, glass till noon, move to a second glassing point, you know, get there by four o'clock, glass till dark, basically just glass two different, you know, spots a day and really yeah it's crazy get high see as much country as you can yeah yeah so um, that, yeah okay d park 09 asks what's your colorado early season elk clothing list uh i've hunted colorado once <laughs> with you guys uh so you could answer that but i don't think it changed i mean yeah, i think they I, get a little bit more probably the same as uh, when we were there we got those like bigger kind of afternoon showers yeah i was gonna say the only thing that i've noticed in colorado over even like some of the Wyoming stuff, like on that front range per se, is the afternoon thunder showers. Mm -hmm. Like the worst the th in 2013, it was like every day at 1:30, you better be close, low off the mountain, and be close to cover and trees because it was going to pour for a half hour. But that wasn't an that like, that year was the year that they had flash flooding and like oh, pretty crazy, yeah. crazy stuff. Our, our, but, yeah, I remember in 17 when we were there, it was yeah certainly the case too. Like just. Lots of afternoon thunderstorms. I remember I hunted Wyoming Region G, and same thing too. They just kind of not just yeah, just thunderstorms build up and it dumps rain for an hour, and you can see it too. Everything's yeah. green and vegetation's yeah. thick and tall. Yeah. And where Idaho's gonna be like more brown and dry. So, so your butt. Yeah, what's your gear look like for clothing? I mean, pants, just any lightweight nylon pant. I, I like to focus on um, things that are thin and are gonna dry quickly. Mm -hmm versus thicker fleecy type materials just getting dry is huge so i'd rather um yeah like i i've been wearing the prana stretch ions for years and they're like about the perfect pant for me do you do the merino wool undershirt kind of thing um i've been i've for years was merino base layer and then switched to some synthetics the last few years yeah uh and i've had do you really, find those dry out faster yes okay yes dry out faster regulate temperature just as well do they stink? Um, they, they're, they're all treated now with antimicrobial stuff. It does eventually wash out. So I had a cool KUHL is the company that had a it's called their Air Cool hoodie. I think after like three years, I finally threw it in the trash. Um, but on a, in the you know bought it and go hunt for a week? No, not at all. Okay. No, no different than wool. Um, but after after a while, it got to like you know. You just immediately sweat and you go like it's just like baked yeah. into the fabric and, and you don't want to be that guy yeah, yeah. Um, old spice where, old spice uh, <laughs> a lot of the, that's the an extra way you know, i had some first light pieces that are 10 years old that's you know yeah. still don't stink but they got the wool's inherently a lot less durable it's got holes all in it yeah things like that yeah and then midweight yeah midweight um there's a grid, lot of good options i like the kind of grid fleece stuff um there's uh, yeah, there's lots of good options out there. Canis Gear has one that I'm wearing right now. It's like a lightweight grid fleece. Uh, I house, there's some ran, it's like some Instagram things like Ridge Merino out of California, probably some hippie company, I don't know, but they had a, a hoodie that was like uh, Polar Tech Power Wool. 
and it's kind of a grid fleecy thing hmm. on the inside. I've had that for a lot of years and really, really like that piece. And then just a good warm puffy jacket. Yeah. And I don't feel like you can have too warm of a puffy jacket uh, with the exception of jumping like way up to like a Chamberlain. But um, it's like when you're, yeah, look for a puffy jacket that's like five ounces of down inside of it and weighs about 16, 15, 16 ounces. And that's about perfect in my opinion. Yeah. Or you, so like when, it, you when you're wearing a puffy, it. you're sitting. Right. not active so like to have like a, a lightweight puffy you know it's nice but you're saving a couple ounces i'd rather have something that i'd just be nice and toasty yeah yeah um talked about colin storm you know pack weight side of it um for going in for a week base 18 19 pounds mm-hmm. food pound and a half a day yeah that's your variable water um actually one thing that uh, i skipped over a question um water filter Mm -hmm. um this is one that uh, something new this last year that you switched yeah yeah, did you really yeah catered and be free it's freaking fantastic yeah Yeah. better than the Sawyer. oh night and day like what is what system is it same squeeze same squeeze Squeeze. yeah yeah it's just got the bottle itself has a really wide mouth i think it's a 42 millimeter or something they have in their specs really but so when you go to dump in the creek it's just like bloop full that's uh, nice and then you screw on the cap and then it the flow rate is twice as fast as a sawyer really yeah and then okay. yeah they're i'm sold yeah because awesome. yeah. it's always a pain in the butt filling that thing or trying to get it yeah in the current enough yep. i seriously that's yeah. cool no it's but it's the same deal same deal same same exact same filter mechanism it's microfiber or hollow microfiber or whatever the hell that's right. I, I switched after really hunting with them last year yeah, yeah. it was it's like and then i also got rid of the bladder and went to the nalgene oh like, somebody yeah. actually became a man yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right yeah. all right all no, right it's a good good setup nalgene's by the uh direct from nalgene by their ultralight ones it's that white one i had oh they're I know you really care about this. They're two ounces lighter than it. a regular Nalgene. So. I'm into And it's not that's a wide mouth, so like, it doesn't Yeah, that narrow mouth, so that that's my one complaint with a regular Nalgene. It's great when you want to chug water, but like it's when I'm just hiking, you can't you can't drink and hike and right. hike at you the same stop. time, you stop. Uh, sometimes I don't want to stop. So I, that narrow one, you can grab it. Sometimes I do. Yeah. So that's the whole thing, doing the, the Nalgene system versus the Camelback and all yeah, that. You yeah. just find you can get water faster and yeah, easier. water faster, easier. Do you find yourself um, drinking way more? I do. Yeah, I yeah. think it's that's right. I do. That's why I switched good. to the I, yeah, I, water bottles. If um, when I'm hunting, I don't think I could possibly drink enough water. The more I drink, the yeah. better I feel. Yeah. Uh, so that Nalgene system. I was anti Nalgene's forever, but there was no good way to store them and carry them. When I started designing K4, I was like, all right, I'm gonna figure out a good solution for this. And pretty much, yeah, nailed it. <laughs> yeah. That nalgene holder is awesome. Yeah. And um, it insulated. And it's like, yeah. Keeps yeah. it cool or hot or whatever you want. Um, yeah. It's a pretty dialed system. You're welcome. Yeah. You're welcome. Uh, Quentin Padilla asked, what's the best uh, satellite communication system to communicate with the family? Um, you know, I, the, for years, the Enreach, the original ones, Delorme. Delorme. Yeah, and then Delorme and Garmin bought out Henry or Delorme, and then there's the in, you know Enreach. Um, they were, gr- I mean, they're great. They were just very unreliable on messaging. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, for sure. I felt like yeah, the, like the original. The getting like text messages back to the wife was like an eighty percent success rate. You know, and like sometimes I just mm-hmm. click, click right through, and then other times I have issues. 
and then going from inreach to inreach out in the field was always a nightmare. That's like, a, that's a um, they two years ago, I think they rebuilt the whole system so that I have an inreach mini two now. I've had very good luck with it. I would say like 99% like I'm texting from my phone to my wife, just almost instantaneous. And then inreach to inreach out in the field is like 90% efficient now. It's gotten way, way better. Okay. We just did the, the death hike last weekend and I was communicating with four or five guys, everybody out hiking at the same time, inreach to inreach. And oh, really? Great. Like, I think there's like a 30 minute delay on when a message would come through inreach to inreach, but still got pretty, it. got it, reasonable, able to communicate. Um, yeah, hmm. just fantastic. Um, there is, uh, InReach has what's called their, Garmin has like a new messenger one that's basically a, I think it's kind of like, what's your Zolio? Uh, ours is a somewhere. Somewhere. somewhere? Yeah. Oh, okay. Um, they have one that's, I think it's like that. There's no actual screen to it's it, just it's a just puck. a plastic unit. Uh -huh. And uh, it has, uh, the, it has a much stronger satellite signal, but it has to be laying flat. So it's kind of a downside to it. Um, the antenna's unidirectional where it's just pointing straight up. Gotcha. So it's a strong signal, but you have to deal with that fact that it's not. Um, and two, the other yeah. thing about the somewhere is like, whereas versus you, if your phone did take a crap, you could still get a message out. Right. right. Yeah. We yeah. could, we could. This, we'd somewhere, done. the only thing there yeah. is your SOS button at that point. And gotcha. then also but somewhere to somewhere. Yeah. But there's no communication. It's yeah. Tough. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I, the Mini 2s are pretty tough to beat. I've been incredibly happy with them. Battery lasts forever. Communication's been great. Yeah, it's yeah. all my frustrations pretty much gone. Do you I keep yours on? Because I, I remember hunting with you and you kept it, you hooked, you just carabiner into your pack. Do you keep it on all day or do you shut it off and just, just do it? It depends on the hunts. Yeah. Right. On a, a short hunt where I'm solo, I do keep it on the whole time. Do you? Yeah. Just cut, it's on, it's tracking. If I fall and break my leg, it's yeah. just boom. I don't have to turn it on and wait for it to connect or, yeah, I don't know. Um, yeah. Uh, but on, you know, it's a 10 day hunt. It's like, yeah, I'm turning that, you know, I'm turning that on and off to save yeah. battery life. Yeah. Um, last but not least, best backpack hunting opportunities in Oregon. In Oregon? Yeah. You guys tell me. Yeah in Oregon, best backpacking opportunities. Man, things have changed so much in just the last eight years. I well, say, in the, I like, mean, last year was the first year of draw. So like you used to have free reign of basically all but a handful of five units. Mm -hmm. So you could go hunt anywhere yeah. from Western Oregon to Eastern Oregon. Yeah. So um, this now it changed and it's basically unit specific. So you draw and you know, like coming to mind, you start talking about wilderness areas. As soon as there's a wilderness area, there's a trailhead, there's going to be people. Yeah. Yep. So, like, you don't necessarily have to hunt, well, you don't at all have to hunt wilderness areas to go have a good backpack hunt. Um, and so I would say for, uh, this is Wild Food Outdoors, like, go look for some pretty good roadless area, but you don't have to look at an overall giant and it doesn't have to be as vast as a wilderness area mm -hmm. to go experience that. And you could probably have pretty dang good hunting in that where it's, you know, most day hunters, literally, if, if you're like inside the mile of the road, you're, you know, half mile, that's where most people live. And it's like the, especially even in the wilderness side of it, it's like the one to three range is people are going to go try to go way back in there or they're hunting close. So it's like the middle ground, you know, the mile buffer plus seems to be the, 
the thing to look yeah. for. So. I, what I thought it was like, don't overlook. The same thing that you're saying is like, don't overlook. There's like a road system and people are hunting off of it. You know, they're getting a mile in there. Go in a mile and a half and just like parallel that road. Like yeah. You're, the road's down there. You can be down there in 30 minutes. Right. But you're like up there living with the elk. You're, you're putting them to bed. You're waking them up with them. You're just into them. You don't yeah. have that wasted travel time, you know. Because yeah, like most guys, you know, probably a little lackadaisical in the morning. You're probably half an hour late getting up to where the elk are. And, and then it's getting dark and they're bugling. But it's like, oh, crap, I get back to the truck. Like. Don't overlook just being kind of mobile and being out there and staying with yeah, them. Yeah, and and yeah. like even just going for a night. Like, yeah, you know, that's you know, nice. yeah. yeah. There's so many gated roads. I mean, you could backpack hunt on a gravel road. Really, yeah, I mean, yeah, really, yeah. you don't have to. You don't have to have the sunmark trail. You don't have to have all that. Like, just go. Just yeah. like be out there and like do it. And, no, I, and experience it. And I think too is like if if there's a lot of elk that have been in that area, but a lot of hunting pressure, like figure out where they're going to go. Mm-hmm. And like you said, past that mile buffer, mile and a half, like you're not that much further, but like you said, the sake of just being waking up in them, being here in the bulls, like hear them all night long, you know yeah. where to start in the morning versus yeah. like roll up in your truck. I got an hour hike up there and you, you know, yeah. yeah. Yeah, find a camp at night where you're up on a ridge and you can hear multiple directions. Yep. And yeah, yeah, you can really use that to your advantage. Yeah. And I would, I mean, like I said, I would encourage you to, to stay away from trailheads. Yeah, like yeah, yeah, it, yeah. It definitely gets busy. So, um, honestly, that was we, we didn't get to all of them, but I think a, a good vast. Uh, I appreciate you guys on Instagram for tuning in, checking out uh, podcast questions and, and asking those. I think there were some good, really good questions, some good deal. But uh, we've got another podcast coming up with Steve, and uh, if you guys stick around for the next episode, we're going to dive in talking about his adventure as an entrepreneur and. I think we were, t- Steve and I were talking like last night, we met in February of 2011, yeah. but mm-hmm. we thought it was like 20 some years ago. Like, you know, <laughs> like we've known that, you know, like, exactly. Years. And yeah. crazy, it, it seems like the yeah. journey of it. Um, so I'm really excited to kind of hear your story, yeah. dive into that, so. Right. I appreciate it, buddy. That was awesome. I agreed with about 37% of what you said, but <laughs> I agree. it was good. No, uh, I'm excited for the next podcast, guys, and that'll be next on next Monday, so. Great. Thank you, brother. Thank you. You're the the pack the packing guru. You guys both are. I'm I'm just I just come along for the ride. <laughs> <laughs> All right. We'll see you guys later.